Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Embrace the controversy. Stay for the biased takes. The long-awaited victory lap. A week later, but the guys are here for the, as the finals delivered another playoff classic. With us, but the sports world doesn't really rest as the, we got NBA news to cover and two segments to top off this NBA takeover with a top 30 list and Colby's off-season tiers list. So keep on celebrating by, set, by sitting back and enjoying the show. All right, Jalen, we are back after a bit of a hiatus, and it is a celebratory Monday. A week ago, roughly, the Denver Nuggets did get the job done. They closed it out, won the NBA championship in five games over the Miami Heat. It was unbelievable. I was so happy. Great night. Smoked a victory cigar and everything. Um, So ecstatic. Such an unbelievable journey. They had the great parade. How are you doing on this celebratory Monday? Also, it's happy Juneteenth to everyone as well. Almost forgot about that. Oh, yeah, I can't forget. Um, big celebratory holiday and everything, because a lot of people are off this day now, I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> yeah, big day. Happy Juneteenth, everyone. But uh, as for the happy Monday for NBA reasons, only a week late. But, you know, this gives us a time to reflect on how crazy of a week this was here in Colorado and the events that have transpired. Um, from sad um, shootings, of course, because Colorado just can't handle its championships as it's a repeat of what happened with the avalanche. Very tragic. But on the more brighter side, the parades, holy 700,000 estimated, more than probably, at that Denver parade. Um, insane. It's insane. So in, in my eyes, Colby, on this celebratory Monday, a week later, it still feels pretty good. It's it's still you're you're still just sitting here like can't believe that it actually came full circle, you know. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I still can't really believe that it happened. I said I never thought I would see this day when they won. Um, I was so excited. Um, it's yeah, on real times. A week later, it's still great to look back on the parade. They really went all out with the parade, like you said. I mean, that was unbelievable. Jokic turning up with the guys. Uh, after he initially said he didn't really want to go because he had a horse race today or yesterday, and he did make it back for, but then ended up going to Vegas after and clubbing, was partying. Coach Malone was absolutely hammered at the parade. He was probably <laughs> the funniest man in the parade. That dude was gone. Uh, had his own so, shirt. I loved it. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, he earned it, man. He yelled and lost his voice a lot of times with this team. <laughs> Developed him from the jump. So he, they all deserve their flowers. It was awesome. And really, the craziest part about the run, it's one of the, I mean, most dominant runs in, like, NBA history when you look at it. Not the most, but it's, like, top five, top six runs ever. 16-4 and four in the playoffs. And, like, the craziest part about it, their backs were never really against the wall. I mean, there was never really, I guess, the closest you could say to that would have been game three of the finals after Miami stole one in Denver. But, I mean, that even that, it still felt like they were the better team and they didn't lose again after that. So they only lost one game the last two rounds. They were a team that was average on the road all year during the regular season. They won their last five road games, which was crazy. 
that was a nice exclamation point, and that's how they took care of it. And that was so awesome to see them close it out in Denver. Man, that was a great moment. Even though that game was ugly, that was a rock fight to close it. Yeah, it was ugly, but like you said, dude, the moment at the end was beautiful. Uh, before we get to the game, I just want to say, I knew we all probably saw, probably fans here, saw Jokic's daughter, you know, being promoted crazily. But at the beginning of the series where we he was doing the whole finger pointing with her and everything, I called it from there, folks. I just want to say I called it from there. She's going to be a superstar here in Denver. He put that girl smack dab on the table. And I lost my mind personally. I was like, he, I lost my mind. I was like, that is iconic. That And sure enough, it's everywhere. I was like, that was awesome. So I, I, that was for me the beautiful, most beautiful part of the, of the game and everything of the post-game celebrations was him just bringing his daughter out there. She's barely standing, you know, and she's just eyeballing his finals trophy and him forgetting his finals trophy, by the way, <laughs> him, his finals MVP trophy. He just completely forgot about it. He so. left the staffer's office, but they, they took care of it. They got it. So. Oh yeah. They found yeah. it real quick. You Hey, they they were tired of a little of all the mishaps happening in Denver. They said this has to be a clean a clean investigation, a clean fine. Uh, we want this trophy present and found after this interview came out. Um, to the game, man, that was ugly, Colby. Yeah, that was ugly. It was so dramatic. I was so entertained though. I was so entertained. It was awesome to watch. Like as a fan, that was so awesome to watch. <laughs> so. I guarantee you probably had your blood pressure rising out the roof, but I'm just, I loved every minute of that game. It was fun for me. You know, it was, I was going crazy during that game. It was so stressful with them being down. Jokic was the only one still playing. There was some very questionable officiating uh, in the last two games of the series, but the Nuggets, you know, they overcame that. That's, I'm not going to complain about it too much because they did still win. But, I mean, the foul at the end of the game on Jimmy Butler was terrible when he literally kicked a guy and no one touched him, and they called a foul. But, anyways, <laughs> um, Jokic, I was literally – the whole last stretch of that game, I was literally screaming, like, just pass the ball to Jokic because he was the only one that was consistently making his shots and everyone else was just bricking. But, luckily, so was everyone else on the heat except Jimmy Butler at the end after he was terrible all game. And then he did his Jimmy Butler fourth-quarter magic almost. Um but yeah, man, Jokic delivered. Porter Jr. finally played his best game, even though he only hit finally hit the 1-3. He had his best game of the finals. So that was the coolest part about this team, man, was even when the guys were off, like someone would always step up when you needed them to. That's why I love the depth and like the roster makeup of this team. Yeah, it, it was a it's a solid built roster. Classic things that you've been hearing all week long, Colby, about how this roster's been together for so long. And what's became, you know, everyone's been like, I don't know how to really say it, but they're finally using it as like a solid reason as to why they're winning. They have a chance to win next year's championship. And, you know, it's crazy. It's just crazy how uh, the consistency actually paid off and how flippy floppy the NBA is, which I think now, um, are you all good with your nuggets? Do you have anything else you want to get off your chest? Uh, The only other thing was I was going to mention briefly was just how, to me, the two biggest moments I'll remember from the run. I mean, Jokic was unbelievable the whole series, the whole playoffs, and obviously the 30-point triple-doubles game with him and Murray. I said the Lakers series, the Jamal Murray turning game two on his head just by himself, going crazy, shooting the lights out to flip that game. That was the big moment up until then. 
I thought the defining moment of this series, even though it was only f- went five games, was when Jokic was on the bench with that fifth foul in game four for like a good chunk of the fourth quarter, like an almost nine, ten minute stretch. And the Heat only got like two points back in that stretch. The Nuggets played great. Aaron Gordon and Bruce Brown went off. At the, after that moment, I was like, oh, they're winning this series. Like it's over. They're winning the championship. So that was awesome. Yeah, there was a lot of great defining moments for that team. I mean, shoot, it all started, like I said, when you guys went to Minnesota and finally got game four. You oh. Know, and, uh, oh, no, you didn't even get you didn't get game four. It's game three. Sorry, you got game three. And uh, yeah, you know, that, that was in my eyes, the most defining moment of your guys' playoffs, because that's when Jamal Murray and everyone showed their first glimpse to the nation of what could be coming. And uh, as a Wolves fan, there's not many of us. And we were like, man. That's a that's a nasty storm ahead <laughs> for the rest of these guys. We all we were getting hit. We were getting a bunch of hail. It was a blizzard mixed in, and it, next thing you know, we're like we we got out of there. Everything's destroyed. But guess what? We watched the path of destruction behind us go to Phoenix <laughs> in L.A. And it's like you know what? At least we didn't get destroyed like L.A. <laughs> we got one more game so i'll take that <laughs> as it may but um yeah this 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 whole playoff it was it's, i think all together this playoff just these this year's playoffs was really good because yeah, you had yeah. great moments from the heat you know yeah right off the bat the heat were an amazing story um from the moment they Giannis went down i think we were still questioning whether or not they can do this thing um shoot to everyone just all of a sudden flipping the switch to the lakers you know and then turning that over to what the hell's going on with the celtics it's you know it was it was just a fun playoff in my in my opinion it was a great it was a great year for playoffs i hope some people said it wasn't as historic i think it was yeah i thought it was very historic i thought it was pretty damn good you know that was a great entertaining playoffs obviously i'm gonna say it's the best ever because the Nuggets won and they never have before that's so biased but no but like you're right the other moments were great I was gonna say my favorite I mean my uh, my favorite non-Nuggets series even though it had a sad sad ending was the Kings Warriors series in the first round I mean that was oh, seven awesome yeah. games even though, broke, even though Curry broke their hearts and they fell apart at the end in predictable sad fashion up until that I mean that was an even though some of the oh. games were blowouts that was an awesome series like some of those games were electric and the Kings, uh, I think the Kings will be back and better next year. Dude, and who can forget the, what, Cavs and Knicks, they went into a fun series, I'm yeah, pretty sure. Punching the Cavs in the face, that was unexpected. Yeah. <laughs> There's just been some crazy ones. Oh, man. Yeah. Then, you know, Lakers and the Grizzlies. The fall, the Literally, the falling yeah. of the Grizzlies. <laughs> the collapse. So. Yeah, that's true. Oh man. <laughs> so much, so much. But there is a lot to get into. NBA news has taken off without us, of course, over this past week. You ready, Colby? I'm gonna see how much I got off the ball. I have pretty I pretty much got all the recent stuff. Let's see if we can get see if you can remember some uh, so, more week so old ones. Yeah, so the only major thing obviously that's happened was uh oh well I technically a while ago the Raptors hired Serb, some Serbian guy to be their head coach. Forget the dude's name, but it was assistant somewhere. Um, obviously, the Beal thing is mostly what we're going to talk about, but I do think you mentioned your Wolves. Can we we don't need to spend any time on this, really, but you have to at least mention uh, the things that Cat 
was saying on Patrick Beverly's podcast. I don't know, Jalen. I might be trying to time to start shopping cat after that. He said um he had said three things that were uh three separate things that were all quite interesting. He said that the Nuggets championship was not as impressive as the Wolves uh winning that plane game uh the year before and going out in the five games in the first round or six games in the first round because uh because they only had four months to put it all together. So that was something that was interesting. He also said that he, when it's all said and done, people are going to say that he changed the game, which, I mean, he's going to have to really do something crazy these next couple years because he hasn't changed the game too much yet. And then he also said if they let him call his own plays, he'd have, he could score 40 every game. So... Yeah, that's. I'm just gonna unpack all that for you, and you can uh, just go take it from there. First of all, uh, I just, I just love how you broke out like the news anchor voice on me. Yeah, you were like, so let's unpack this thing. <laughs> you just broke it all down for me. Um, geez, that was, yeah. When I all that came out, dude, I, I had a lot of questions of what was going on with Cat. Um, most importantly, though. I feel like when you say when you say it out when now that you know you talk about it out loud, he might actually be trying to talk his way out. Maybe, maybe he's just trying to do like you know maybe. I hadn't even just... thought of that. <laughs> so that's interesting. I hadn't even thought of that. Maybe, maybe he's just trying to talk his way out. I don't know because, like you said, it is it's a little daunting as a Wolves fan to support most of those takes. Most <laughs> um, did he change the game? Or will he be at least known for that? Again, we'll have to see in the next couple of years. Uh, he is the three-point <laughs> champion. I'll give him that. You always well, so are like 40 other people. <laughs> but he's the first center. So remember that. First center, oh, three-point champion. If you want to count that as changing the game, then sure. I mean, did, was Jokic shooting threes? What was his field goal percentage for three? Yeah, like above like 60? Cat, people forget Cat won Rookie of the Year over Jokic because Jokic was picked the year before, but he didn't come over right away. So, you know, just for the record, at one time, Cat was better than Jokic. So he's got that to hang his hat on. In some people's eyes. In some people's eyes. I mean, if you look at the early tapes of Jokic, he was still doing his thing. Yeah, you know, he, he was always just crazy. They just didn't give him his minutes. They just didn't. <laughs> he developed so. a lot of years. Yeah, and and also I think those in those early days those were Coca Cola Jokic. So, but back to Cat, you know, obviously, actually, perfect way to describe Cat is what I've heard over the past week of how would you describe the top centers in the league? It's like okay, you got Jokic, Embiid, you know, or just big men in general. So then you put in Giannis, and then AD, and then you pause and you go, maybe Cat. And then you just realize how far of a drop off that is, though, from so, going from all those guys. And then you're like, damn, I'm at five. And there's just such a drop off when you list number five, it seems like. Yeah. Um, so also, and that, go ahead. I was going to say for centers, I would probably have him fifth. Because if I'm not I'm not counting Giannis, obviously, as a center or AD. If I'm not counting AD as a center, I would have him fifth. Obviously, Jokic and Embiid, I think Bam at this point, you can't say he's not better than Bam. Like, Bam isn't better than him. And uh, you could argue him and Sabonis for four. I don't know who you would consider better out of those two. So I guess that's the one you could go back and forth on. But 
Yeah. And see, it's a, it's still a drop off though. When you're talking to Bam, like those top centers are really good, you know? And, uh, and they got the height and that's the main thing. That's the biggest thing about Bam. I think that's where Cat kind of still has the advantage on Bam. Yeah, sure. He made it to the finals, but come on. And Cat's working with the Timberwolf dumbness. And maybe that also rubbed off on him. Finally, like people are finally pulling him away from Minnesota Maybe he's also losing his value talking like this, too. What if he's just trying to get himself stuck in Minnesota? It's like, I don't know what's going on here, to be honest with you. It's not. I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe he just said something crazy. Like, I don't know. (laughs) He was just off a bean, maybe. Uh, We can go off of that. But real honesty, this team is going with Ant. And I said it myself. I'm going to be sticking with Ant as long as he's sticking with the Wolves. And once he decides it's time, I think it will be time for me as well. So until then, this team's ants, man. And wow, so your wolves fandom as a whole is in jeopardy if they screw this up with ant. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big wow. time. Big time. If they at least build properly around him, then I'll be like, okay, you know, that's just classic wolves luck. We tried, you know, but we missed out. But right now, just after the Rudy Gobert trade. Yes. <laughs> After that Rudy Gobert trade, yes. There's no way like I, it is definitely like Anthony Edwards is definitely a strong a strong staple to my to me sticking with the Wolves because he, he's electric. I mean, I'd, I'd be crazy to walk away right now. He's electric. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying, Cat. It, it, it's weird what's going on with him, but this team's the Wolves. So it's gonna it goes the team's the Wolves, and it goes to the Anthony Edwards right now. In my opinion. Now, yeah, that's fair. The Wolves are going to be fascinating to watch going forward. Uh, before we get to the field, last thing on the Wolves, I'll just say, I still think my – obviously, you'd have to make the money work with filler players as well, but I still think my concept of DeJounte Murray-Cat swap makes per, makes a lot of sense both ways. Starting to like it more. I mean, like more. I, I, think, I think it makes sense for the Hawks too because Trey and DeJounte are just it's kind of redundant a little bit, even though they're both really nice players. So, like – Trey and Cat would just be letting it rain. Yeah, so that's at least fun. <laughs> yeah, they did that, the way Cat's speaking right now. He'd just be letting it go. So I'm all in. I, I'm all in. I've, if Cat's dropping forty in Atlanta with Trey Young, but no one's playing defense, I think that's that's a win for everyone. That's because that's entertaining. Still, they're still going to be dropping, you know, eighty points a game just off of those two. Cat's calling the play. Well, okay, not eighty <laughs> points a game. But a lot. Well, I mean, that's combining him and Trey. That's combining both him and Trey. I mean, come on. We'll have to both average 40 to get yeah, eight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He said, he said it himself. If he's play calling these things, he's dropping 40. I can't call the plays. I guess that's possible. <laughs> oh, man. That's oh, my funny. goodness. That is That was a fun little spinoff you did there. I did not expect that. I completely forgot about the cat meltdown that happened. Yeah. That's what I'm that's, calling it. It was a complete meltdown. There's your segment of Wolves. Uh, Wolves talk. We'll talk about the Wolves and the Hawks a little bit later. We can do the tears at the end. Um, all right. So the big NBA news. There's the everlasting Dame Lillard. Oh, they're gonna trade him. And then today it said he wants to stay in Portland. Um, you know, I'll believe it when I see it with Dame. Uh so Bradley Beal, the big name, was thrown out there and very quickly a deal maternalized. His agent uh is the father of a guy who works in the Suns front office, and they used that trade cl- no trade clause that the Wizards foolishly gave him to screw over the Wizards and force his way to the Suns for very little in return. Essentially, Chris Paul's contract, Landry Shaman, and some second-round picks and some pick swaps. I mean, lots to unpack there. That's not where I was hoping Beal would wind up. 
it's just weird, man. I don't really get, I don't, I know the super team and people are talking about how talented they are, but a lot of people are saying it. Like, I don't get that. I don't think that's the move I would have made with the Suns. Like, I think that's, it's going to, I think it's going to be, end up being a disaster, at least long-term. They'll be very good, but that's not, I don't think that's the way you do it, especially with this new CBA. They have like almost no money to, they have like between him, Aiton, Aiton, Beal, Duran, and, uh, Booker now with Beal's horrible contract, like they have like eight million dollars to fill out the rest of their team. So I don't know what that's gonna look like. What are your thoughts on the Beal trade? It it didn't get me scared. I wasn't fronting. I was I was right there with you. I was like kind of asking. Uh, it's a bit of a stretch, you know, don't you think? And that's why I, I was thinking, especially with the whole. CBA and everyone as of late has been talking about how much of a risk it is to do this whole type big three approach. So I was kind of, I was kind of thinking, yeah, it's a little bit of a stretch, but I mean, on the surface though, I was laughing because I was thinking of you right away in all the times you were saying how they needed to get rid of Bradley Beal and the wizards have held this and how he needed to somehow get, he needed to perk up and get out of there, you know, and he did it. He revoked his uh, no-trade clause, and he goes to the Suns, which, at the end of the day, I don't think anyone really won. Not, I, 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 I mean, yes, the Wizards got some guys out of it, and who knows what that can turn out, but it's still late-value picks, I'm pretty sure, late-round pick. But So, it's, uh, especially in the Suns' perspective, it's like a... Uh, it's like, man, you're really trusting KD to do this thing all over again, you know, like to lead a team to a championship. We've seen it happen in the, in Brooklyn, and I don't, I don't think it's gonna work here in Phoenix either, you know. I just, I know Bradley Beal is probably a little bit more consistent and better than Harden, but oh, give me, give me one second, sorry. There you go. All right. All right, Jim. Oh. Finish what you're saying about Beal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see if I can wrap this Beal up. Um. We love it when, you know, when we get knocks on the door. And then and that's yeah, perfect. Sorry. Um, yes, people. All good. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to figure out. But to be honest with you, to wrap this up, what I was trying to say about Beal, I'm not really fronting about him. I think it's going to be a great – it's going to be fun to watch, sure, for some. It's going to be explosive at points and times. But they're still going to be thin. They're still going to have the same problems that they had going into this offseason, but now they just got another. I can't, I mean, he's still old ish, you know, he's older, he's not as old as Chris Paul, but he is old. But you know, he's in the 30s, so I don't know. I'm kind of happy that Beal is back, and most importantly, he's off of the Wizards, which you know, kind of gives you a hard time because he's finally free. You can't give the Wizards a jab at him right now, so. I'm gonna say oh, I'm gonna say some very nice things about the Wizards later in the tiers. We'll get to the Wizards. They have new people running it now that apparently seem to know what they're doing. Actually, and they, the, you can't blame them for their no trade clause screwed them over. The old people that they fired gave them that. So it appears they at least have someone more competent in charge. Um, I do think Bradley Beal is being somewhat overrated in all of this as well. Like he's a very good player. I like him for a long time, but he's declined the last two years. He's still a good score, but he's his shooting numbers have gone down. He's not he's a good three-point shooter, but he's not like a sharp shooter, not the best defender. And the biggest thing that I don't get out of all of it, the reason it's also a massive risk, 
you know, besides the whole having no money left and mortgaging all your picks in your future. Um, he's also injury prone, just like KD. Like, they're both going to miss, like, 15, 20 games at minimum, probably, like, at this point. So some of those games, you might have both of them out there. It's to be Devin Booker and, like, a G League team. I mean, we'll see if they're able to flip Aiden for anything or if they just keep him. Um, I can't imagine he has a ton of value. So I don't know, man. Well, some people like it, but I think it's overall very risky and high blow-up potential. Where where would Aiton even go? That's 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 a good question, Colby. Like, where would he? Where would you think? You know, you you said it yourself. It's very limited. Where would he go? I mean, maybe Dallas. Maybe Dallas. I doubt it. Indiana, maybe. Maybe Toronto. Indiana was who signed him to the offer sheet, but like. I don't know. Do they still want him after this past year? Indiana probably be the most likely, I guess, just because we know they liked him at least at one point. That's probably really like it. Those are the first ones that come to mind. Not a lot of teams. If the Warriors is too much money, even though they need some size, like it's really because of the contract. There's really not a great a lot of spots for him. So I, I don't can't imagine he's going to get a ton of value back if they do trade him. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's an interest. He's an interesting piece right now because he gets expensive. It doesn't. He gets expensive after this off season, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's already expensive. He's already. Oh, you're already kicked in. He's thirty. Yeah, he's thirty mil a year. Yep, there you go, folks. So that's probably why it gets even tougher. So player now. <laughs> Yikes! So that's that's yeah. I feel the Suns right now. Yeah, that's your. That's a big glaring challenge that they have to overcome is finding these veteran role players and just guys to fill in you know fill in these fill in these spots and who will take that take that small paycheck compared to these superstars i mean obviously a lot of guys probably be like playing nba ball but has to be good talent so yeah there you go. That's my that's my takes on the Suns and that whole drama. And good for the Wizards, man, loading off that contract. Should have really done it. The thing about the Wizards that's so ridiculous in all of this is now that they're finally being smart and blowing up their team, clearly, um, and rebuilding, knowing that when you're Washington, there's only one way to do it. Um, so you're saying Kuzma's next? Sorry to interrupt. He's but free agent. I don't think Kuzma's coming back. Anyways, he's already a free agent. Poor yeah, Zayn. See what happens with him. He's got a player option. Um, so yeah, man, I don't know. Um, the wizards, but like they said, they should have done this year earlier and they could have been right in the thick of the Wemby sweepstakes with the Spurs and all them. Instead, they have the eighth pick. And now, I mean, I have been researching the draft a lot for the draft Thursday. I don't know much about next year's draft at all, but it doesn't have a guy like Wemby in it. So they should have done this this year, but whatever, better late than never. Right. Better late than never. I mean, <laughs> all right. Here we go, Colby. You said Kuzma's a free agent, right? Yeah. He's already dropping hints that he wants to become a son. So. You're not, uh, he's going to have to take a pay cut if he wants to. He be probably, a- I mean, if you're ring chasing right now, I'm just going to list off some guys that the Suns can. These are just guys that are on the market. Kuz. Kuz, some, he's not. How about D. Rose? I'm a difference. What? How about D Rose? You, do you really want to have to be counting on? I love D Rose, man. He was awesome on the Bulls. Victor Oladipo, reinvention, another injury prone guy. Perfect. No, these are guys that I'm not have the hardest working trainers in the league. <laughs> Kobe White, 
Uh, he's restricted. He's more restricted. Kendrick Nunn. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. See, yeah. Kendrick Nunn. Noted great player. See how that goes. Ask the Lakers about Kendrick Nunn if you want him out there in big minutes. There's just some there's some guys out here that, you know, Colby, they can take a chance, you know? Sure. They're gonna have no choice. They're gonna Blake have Griffin's to... probably gonna sign for this team. Blake I'm gonna tell you right now, Blake Griffin's gonna probably <laughs> <He's> unplayable. <laughs> Austin Rivers will probably be over there. Oh, <laughs> Ask Yoke we'll see who else will join them. Have an Austin out there in the playoffs. Ask Yoke how that goes. Have a uh, Delhi. Matthew Deladova. None of these are helping. None of those players can be named other than Kuzma, who they're not going to be able to. I don't care if Kuzma wants to ring chase or not. Well, that's because I went down to the bottom of the list. Yeah, Here he we got know. more up towards the top. We got Christian Wood, Brooke Lopez, Malik Beasley. Lopez would be good. I don't think they could afford him. Malik Beasley, sure. He couldn't get Lakers minutes down the stretch. Harris Levert and Drew. <laughs> Harris um, Levert bad. Jeremy Grant. I don't think he's going to take the pay cut, though. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, who, whoever these people are, they're going to be playing for like maximum like two million, three million dollars a year. Like, the Suns have no money left. What about Harrison Barnes? I don't think. Have you seen some of the contracts that Harrison Barnes has signed in his career? That is true. That man knows how to get the bag. <laughs> uh, all right. Last, I got two more for you. Okay, all right. Kevin Love. That's that's realistic. I can see that. All right, I'm glad I at least hit the at least hit a base hit on that one. Um, let's see. I don't think D'Lo will take the pay cut. No, I don't think they want D'Lo anyways. <laughs> Dude, uh, no, nah, no way. No, nah, I think that's it. Actually, there's no because I mean, yes, there's Kyrie, but no way. Uh, that's where I draw my line. So actually, I only had the one, and it was Kevin Love. Yeah, we'll see what they do. Um, you'll see where they are on the tiers, but. Oh, okay. Whispering back Oubre. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's that's not terrible, I guess. If he'll if he'll sign for you probably could get him for that's reasonable. Kelly Oubre, <laughs> display defense, do your best. Um yeah. Do your best. <laughs> Just do your best. So that's the only like actual big NBA news other than the draft coming Whoa, up. Oh, I got some news for you, Colby. For me? All you right. ready? I got a lot of news. Okay. Uh, I want to start with the small stuff or the big stuff. What's the other big stuff? Well, I feel like we should have actually started with the small stuff. But big stuff is Draymond today declining his option oh, after I mean, the new hire of Mike Dunleavy Jr. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I knew that was going to happen because he was going to get a longer contract with more money. I highly doubt he walks. He could if, the, if someone offers him a crazy offer sheet and Golden State isn't giving what he wants. It's possible, but I highly doubt it. I mean, I think. They'll probably give him an extension. We'll see. I mean, yeah, I feel like everyone on the staff has showed that they wanted him back. But hey, man, this is Draymond. He has a podcast now. He can drive up this value. You know, he can yeah. test. The, he can test the teams. He can see what his value is outside. You know. Um. So I guess in your books, that does seem pretty small. So glad we got that one. Here's a couple other small ones. Then, um, all time six man of the year. Lou Williams retires. I just feel like that just deserves to have some recognition, Colby. Lou okay. Will retiring and Andre Andre Iguodala. So I hope the Martians never attack. Um, yeah, that's a good point. What are we gonna do if the Martians attack? <laughs> yeah, we're we're fucked if the Martians attack. So we don't have Iguodala. 
And uh, the only legacy that Lou Will will be leaving us behind is a signature flavor of wings at Magic City. So, big song. And his own theme song. That is correct. <laughs> so, those are some small news. And Jordan selling his majority share of the Hornets for billions. Great news for the people of Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> he said great news for the people. Great job. <laughs> well, speaking of the people of Charlotte, final news of the news mill that I have left here. It's John Morant getting his 25 games. Oh, yeah. I forgot we didn't talk about that. That's right. We, yeah, that's a big topic that people have been talking about. Um, I think that, you know, we on the podcast have given him a hard time, but I think 25 games is actually, I'm not really fronting about that either. You know, I think uh, whatever happens, happens, especially since it's a actionary base as well. Like he doesn't complete certain things. It will be more games. So I think, uh, I think it was, a, I think it's a solid move altogether. Not not going to press too hard on this. Now that there's some time to pass, and it's like, it is what it is for me. And it's just 25 games. He still can't get any all-star votes. Like I mean, no all-NBA all, um, all votes or MVP votes. So I think there's still a heavy punishment there. He can't get the Supermax now. You know, I think that's an appropriate punishment. Um, they, any more, I think, would have been probably too much. We'll see what happens with him if he's able to. I mean, if, I don't know if that's going to get him to stop acting like an idiot or not. We'll see. Maybe he needs to turn it around. Maybe this will help him turn around, or he might just be a dummy. We'll see. Um, but I think the suspension was appropriate length. I, I was kind of it was kind of anticlimactic because I feel like that's what a lot of people expected. Adam Silver kind of teased it up like they found a bunch of stuff and it was going to be this whole big thing. <laughs> I think they said the biggest concern was the potential for others to young people to emulate him, which makes sense. It's about the NBA's image, so I think it's probably pretty appropriate. Yeah, and I agree. You know, that's the biggest fear is, you know, the the copycat, you know, of him being a superstar. And then, you know, everyone watches him. He has a big stage. So, but uh, 25 is fair. I agree. Um, Because he's losing millions. Like, he's not getting a super max. He's not going to be on all NBA votes. Like, he's not getting a lot of those bonuses. And he's not, he's losing a lot. Like, I feel like that 25 marker did hit him, hits him a lot, low key. So, yeah. and Nick Wright said this. I'll give him credit. But, he made a good point. He was like, we know the Grizzlies play better without Jaw. If they're playing like really well through 25 games and they still don't think he's going to get his act together, they might trade him. They might just be like, screw it. We can get real pieces back. We're already just as good without him. Let's just bail and see what we can do. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's it's a pos- It's on the board. It's, it is on the board. Yeah, the way the uh, – what is it? Coach Taylor, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's doing really good over there. So he gets those guys running. It'll be interesting. And those 25 games, though, is a long period. It's a whole month of basketball almost. So No more Dylan Brooks either. So we'll yeah, see. It'll I mean. be a different look for the Grizzlies at the start of the se- start of the season, for sure. Oh. But they also got some young guys that they, they've been drafting really, really well. So, all right. yeah. All right. Well, that is all I got. Besides the fact that uh, Zion's name's been thrown around the tr- trade rumor mill. You know, honestly, a little bit more than Dame, which is a little more surprising, to be honest, in my opinion. I've been hearing Zion more than Dame. But besides that, that is all I got. Yeah. No, that's good. The Zion stuff is fascinating if they will actually try to trade him before the draft, if they really want to try to get Scoot. And if they do trade him, that tells you they don't think he's going to turn it around as dominant as he is. Like, they think 
I think there's weird relationship stuff there. It's it's all fascinating. Um, like with him and the Pelicans, not just Zion's uh, personal relationships that have gotten a bit out of hand. Um, let's neither here nor there. So yes, are you ready to get this cooking? Oh yeah, <clears throat> I think these segments. One of them is very long overdue. I think. I think one of these is very long overdue. So Colby, go ahead and take it away, man. I think uh, get the people ready for this. All right, so this is going to – we'll start making a big thing out of this. Um, we'll update this over time. I made – moved a lot of guys around back and forth. My NBA updated player rankings after this postseason. It's a top 30 list. Got some honorable mentions, some exceptions. You, I'm just going to go through it. We're gonna, you want to go from 30 up, I'm guessing? Uh, 30 up to one? Yeah, of um, course. We'll just go in, like, groups of five. You can tell me if you have any complaints. If not, I'll keep going. Um, and we'll see what you think of my updated list. Had a real tough time ranking some of these guys. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Writing my numbers down, but go ahead. I'm listening. All right, so we'll begin the list with two asterisks, two guys who would absolutely be within probably the top 15, certainly the top 15 players, um, if they actually played games, but they do not. So I didn't – you can say this is a cop-out. Kawhi and Zion Williamson both not featured on the list. They don't play games. What am I supposed to do with them? They – they're never playing. They're always injured. They're both top 15 players when they're healthy, but I've pretty much have given up on Kawhi at this point, and even though Zion's a lot younger, it's not looking too great so far. So they are not featured on the list, despite their immense talent. No, no, no debates here. I mean, maybe I would argue for Kawhi just because he has a ring, man, and you never know, man, that dude's defense. But even as of late, like, they needed him in that playoff series, and he let them down. He let them down. So, yeah, I I, I understand not putting him in this list for now. Yeah. All right. It's a little harsh, though. I will say that. It's a little harsh. Do you have any Clippers players on this list? Yes. One. One or two. Oh. Not very, and he's not very high. You're going to get to his name pretty quick. Um, so I'm going to put him on here either. Um, okay, honorable mention. This is in no particular order. These are just some of the guys who some I thought about a lot more than others putting on the list, but they didn't end up making the list. Desmond Bain, your guy, Cat, who we discussed, didn't make it. LaMelo Ball, Zach Levine, Cade Cunningham, Drew Holiday, Evan Mobley, Harden, Julius Randle, I almost put on there, but I couldn't. Mikhail Bridges was close. And the number one honorable mention, who was initially, originally was 30 until I forgot to put in Jaron Jackson. And that's Paulo, my guy. You could say that's too early, but he was my first guy off this list, Paulo. So those guys are not featured either. Hey, I must have been a tough one for you to swallow. So I can honestly <laughs> I respect some of that. And I understand, you know, half the guys not making this list. So the other half, we'll find out. We'll find out and see. All right. So start with the bottom five. 30, Darius Garland. Flirted with putting him a little higher, but playoffs wasn't great he's still super young i still believe in him a lot as a player best guy from his draft class today thanks to zion and ja trying to uh, jack up their careers in various ways to go garland 30 29 paul george almost didn't put the list but then i was like wait a minute am i letting my personal bias like can i really put paolo bancaro over paul george yet realistically not the injuries i almost left him off but he at least plays a little bit more than Kawhi and zion so he has injury stuff too, but he's still on there. 29. 28, Lowry Markinen. Could argue it needs to be higher. Need to see it again. 27, Sabonis. 26, Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. 
So that's the bottom end of my top 30. Okay. So bonus and Jaron Jackson Jr. So Jackson was the highest. It went. I'll I'll give you the numbers as I go. If you want to, yeah, go ahead and get those numbers ready, and I'll get my uh, commentary ready because for me, I feel like PG thirteen. It's a safe pick here, Colby. It's the wrong Clipper. You know, it's the wrong Clipper that's on. Why should still be on him instead, even though he never plays? Not Kawhi. Not Kawhi. You're gonna say Russell Westbrook. Yes, I am saying Russell. Okay, Listen, man, he is, become, he is going to be a good voice you know, in that locker room and they bring uh, him back, okay? Top 30 in the league? Stop it. No. All right. No. Listen, Colby, if you're going to put a clipper on there to represent, it's either him or – I hope I get his name right, and it's Terrence Mann, right? Is that the guy that they have, the young guy that they got brewing up? <laughs> yes, and neither of those guys are even close to the top 30. Come on. Like, so you in in my opinion, I don't know if PG's the one though. That's the that's the main there's not, And There's no Clippers. I mean, it's not him. No one else on that team is close. Russell Westbrook's close, Gold. You're gonna who who is Russell Westbrook better than out of all those players I just said? Darius Garland, right off the bat. No, he's not. Stop it. He brings that's energy outrageous. to the team. The type that type of energy that you get from Russell Westbrook now that he's on the Clippers. Has been it's been a different. You have to admit that you've seen what he did in the playoffs. Russell Westbrook, he did great in the playoffs this year. He did great. He did good in the playoffs. He played until he got hurt, right? Also been on six teams in like the last five years and has destroyed several team chemistries by himself with the Lakers. Stop it. Okay, you can't I'm not blaming that Lakers nonsense on Russell Westbrook. I see that's the thing that I think a lot of people got clouding them right now. It's the whole Lakers stunt. Ignore that. Better than Darius Garland. Are you being serious? All right, let's talk about both their playoff recent playoff just right off the bat this season. Russell Westbrook was also a role player and exceeded his expectations. Darius Garland wasn't like atrocious, he just kind of it was kind of weird with him and Mitchell. Darius Garland has been a better, far better player for two years. It hasn't been remotely close. I don't care. Just a couple of playoff games doesn't completely swing it. It's still lost. In, Russell Westbrook still lost in all his playoff games, just like Darius Garland did. So no, stop it. That's that's terrible. Even if you want to say he's better than, if you want to take Garland off, all those honorable mention guys are better than Westbrook too. Every single one of them. I just feel like you have to give Westbrook his credit, and there you go, what guys you got it. I think I got it in there. I think I think though I, I put up a strong fight right there. I don't think there's any. I don't know if I've ever heard anyone that would say he's still at the top thirty. But you know what? That's. I hope he proves you wrong. I hope he. I hope he proves you wrong. Sure, go for it. Let's. See. <laughs> All right. Outside of everyone else, let's get this back to like real players and stuff that are actually on this list, and Colby actually pays attention to. Jaron Jackson, I feel like you might have to put him a little higher. Even you higher? Have Grizzly on there. It's fair. Yeah, there is another Grizzly. Okay. Okay. So if you at least put the other Grizzly on there, then I respect him being this low. But personally, I think he brings more. I like the defensive presence that Jaron Jackson brings, so I'm going to put him a little higher. Actually, probably a few higher, depending on who you got up next. Okay. Um, already a spicy list, not including certain players. Um, Sabonis, after the season he had, Cole. 27. 27. 
I would say he'd be, I think he would be inching closer to 20. Lowry, love 28 spot. Love that he just got attention on this list, honestly. And I'm hit to Darius Garland, even though I gave him a tough time right there. I'm hit to get <laughs> So Lowry I was a big was... fan until this playoffs, man. I was a fan until the playoffs. It's his going to turn around. He's still like 21 years old. Um, or like 22, maybe. Lowry. Yeah, Lowry, he had a better year than some of the guys above him, but just because I've only seen him ever have one year like this, I couldn't put him any higher. Um, is, we've been waiting for this from Lowry. Like, this is something Chicago fans probably lament to see. Like, they hate to see this, you know? Like, they waited so long. And the moment he steps foot on Utah, like Walker Kessler, he just pops off. So... Cleveland, like, this is his third team. It's bizarre. This was I didn't know he had a third team. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was just Chicago. He's in the Mitchell trade. That's how they got him. Mm. yeah all right so you want me to keep going no complaints all right you could argue triple j maybe should be above these next two uh 25 brandon ingram i still think he's awesome player he has some injury stuff but he was great this year even though the team was meh 24 some might say this is too high but yeah i've always admitted that my bias of how much i love pascal siakam i still have him up here he's 24 on my list 23 jalen brown Dinged him a little bit for the dribbling stuff. He's still a great player, but I couldn't put him above anyone else. 22, Ja, a big drop-off, mostly because of his off-the-court stuff and some concerns about his playing style, but he's still an unbelievable player. 21, Tyrese Halliburton. Young, perfect guard. I've done my Tyrese Halliburton thing a million times on the show. And 20, Bam. Bam, to me, deserves to be above all those guys after this year. He's had multiple great playoff runs. He's a good Sort of, he's not like a Jokic level facilitator, but he does do real facilitating. He's so valuable how they use him on both ends of the ball, despite not being the biggest center. I mean, he was great. He was pretty good in the finals. Like, Bam had an incredible playoffs, and he's had always been good in the playoffs. He he deserves to be twenty on this list. Okay, a lot of it's a little disappointing to see some tall guys falling on this list here. Spicy P. Solid part. I like Spicy P too, Colby. I think he's solid right there at 24, still getting him getting his attention. Um kind of just, you know, he was stuck in Toronto and they just didn't take that step up this season. So I think you have to ding him for that, you know? Like, you know, it just it does suck because you did have some of those pieces from the championship team still there, but they never really kicked it in gear with him. Yeah. No, he's still a guy. Cool. You know, he's still a guy. You know, he's still a guy in the league. Same thing with B.I., except for when I speak of B.I., I have actually better, I have more optimistic vibes when I speak of him because he gets hurt, yes, but out of all this Zion drama that the New Orleans Pelicans have been going through, whenever B.I. has been on that court, which is more than Zion has been, it's been really nice, and he's been the main force of them get, making those playoff runs, So, or at least getting into the playoffs, I should say. All right, and then to the later picks, Jalen Brown. Dinged him pretty low, I'd say. He would have been higher on this list a few months ago, probably. But I dinged him a little bit for the playoffs. I mean, below Tyrese, though. Below Tyrese is interesting, in my opinion. I think Tyrese is going to keep – Jalen Brown is a great player, but he, he's hit a ceiling to me at this point. Tyrese, I just feel like, is still ascending so much is still not even close to his ceiling so i just think over time he's just gonna be so much better and his offense is incredible and uh bam being at 20 you said it earlier that you liked bam moving up on the big on the center's board and just big men in general so i'll respect him being at 20 right now 
uh, you know, I think the playoff success, like he has earned it. And he's also been all defense, all star kind of guy for years. All right, here we go into the high rankings. Number 19, the guy I've had so much trouble ranking fittingly in every exercise I've done, Trey Young. The defense is so bad. There's a lot of it that I hate, but he still has some playoff games that he's won by himself, um, which not very many people his age and even on this list can say. Um, so his offense and firepower is still just so incredible, even though there's a lot of Trey Young that I don't like. He's only 19. I did shift up my point guard rankings a little bit with this. 18. Jalen Brunson, the more I thought about it, I mean, Jalen Brunson does more. I like his game more than Trey Young because of the Trey Young stuff that I don't like. He's a leader. He's a floor general. What an ascension. Never thought he would be this high on the list, but you could even argue this is a few spots too low for Brunson. That's how great he was this year. 17, your guy, Ant. He's kind of, he's an all-star. He's a legit guard. I think he's going to be such a dominant player in this league for a long time. One of my favorite young players. Still, he's got to take that next step now for him to go any higher on this list, especially because all the guys above him have moments where they've showed out in the playoffs. Um, he's a great player, though. I mean, he had some great playoff games that he's lost. So I guess, I can't say everyone above him. There's one guy who can't say that. But love Ant, 17. 16, Dame. Dropped him a bit. Um, the defense, he hasn't been on a winning team in a while. Still an incredible player. 15, Donovan Mitchell. Electric. You could argue he should be above the next couple guys, but I also dinged him a little bit for these playoffs. He still had an incredible season, though, and he's a dominant, awesome player. Okay, so I wasn't able to catch 16 right there, but um, Six, 16 was uh, Dame. Dame, season. oh, the guy, the offseason, the offseason drama queen and everything. He is at number 16. That's interesting, Colby. And having Mitchell at 15, I feel like you're dinging him pretty heavy for that playoff run, huh? I feel like Bronson should be at least a little higher than him, maybe. I mean, yes, Mitchell is, as we know, is an all-star player um, multiple times, seeing what he done in multiple playoffs. And this is only the first we've seen of Brunson in the Knicks uniform play like this. But Brunson, he pretty much made his name and as a Maverick, I'm pretty sure, taking out Mitchell in the in the Jazz, right? Yeah, no, that's right. He did outduel Mitchell in that playoff series. The Luca missed two games. Yeah, so I, I I would at least give a slight nod to Brunson to be a little bit closer to Mitchell. Um, as for my boy Ant, I was just so happy you ha you held him this high, honestly. So I'm not, not going to say anything fault. negative this about was that. Not his fault. <laughs> I, I I love that. I love that you said that. This season was not his fault, and he did amazing for what he got um to work with. So yeah, I'm. I, I'm not going to fight on that at all. Only one I can fight on right now is maybe Trey. Maybe do I bump Trey up too? But besides that, I'd say Brunson should be closer to Mitchell and Dame. Harder down. Just because of the fact that he's doing all these offseason dramatics. Probably should be bumped up to 10 just so that way it would be fun. Oh, no. Not another time. But. Hey, I'm just saying, not I'm just saying, 16, uh, that's still dead smack, almost smack dead center on this list, and I'll take that. That's still value around this league. I mean, shoot, 16, I mean, the way he shoots too, Cole, I mean, incredible. he could be a game changer for some for many teams. No, you're right about that. He's still awesome. Okay. All right, you ready? We'll get up to 10 here. 
14, De'Aaron Fox said how unbelievable Fox was this year. He was, even though they lost that series to Golden State, he was, even when he was playing with the broken hand, he was still incredible. They could not stop him. He's so electric, makes great decisions so fast. He's a good shooter now. Um, He, I think, is just going to keep getting better. and He's going to have the Kings right there in contention. So he's 14. 13, you can say it's recency bias or just personal bias. But all the way up, Jamal Murray. 13. I mean, he's accomplished things in the playoffs now, even though he's the number two guy. But still, he's had playoff success and performances that in far deeper than anyone, than all those guys below him, um, as far as all those guards. Trey Young's been around three once. Jamal Murray's been there twice, and Flatley was better. He now has a championship as the Robin. And even though he wasn't great those last two games of the finals, he still got buckets. He still facilitated and played a vital role in winning a team a championship. His two now postseason, incredible postseason stretches, um, he deserves to be this high. 12, SGA. I mean, what can you say? The kid's a monster. You cannot go. You cannot guard him. He just scores at will. Um, he's going to only keep getting better. I think you and I both believe the Thunder will be a real playoff team next year. He's all be a first team for a reason. He's unbelievable. 11, Devin Booker. Maybe he should be a spot or two higher with his awesome playoffs. He's accomplished so much. And 10, down to 10, but still, at his old age, LeBron. Still a top 10 player in the league. Still incredible. Uh, many old heads would be already screaming that LeBron should not be number 10. But I think at this day and age in the league, I got to see what you got at the eight, nine spots ahead of him. But I feel like 10, it's a solid number. You have him above SGA. And I feel like SGA being right next to him in D-Book. But above Jamal Murray, which I think is fair. You did, you did at least give him the nudge above your boy Jamal. Yeah. Um, And to round it out with Dar- De'Aaron Fox and, and all that. Yeah, and Jamal Murray again, by the way. Um. I just think uh, Fox, he did the same thing that he's done all this time, but now he's got the coach and now he's got actual, the pieces just taking the step up. Surprise. Did you put Keegan Murray in the honorable mentions by chance? No, not yet. He can get uh, not yet. There, there's so many good players in the NBA. This was, this is tough, man. There, there are so many. Okay. So, there's, that's, Keegan Murray's honorable bench in that because I feel like he was a big, big reason to why we saw De'Aaron Fox take another step up this year. Um, and SGA, man, he just lived up to the hype. So, um, he put his name, he definitely earned putting his name right next to D Book and LeBron. So, no complaints. You did pretty well on the 14 through 10 there. All right. Thank you. All right. We got four minutes here. So, I'm going to get through, get us to the top five at least. All right. Nine, Anthony Davis. Just above his teammate LeBron, so dominant defensively, still an elite player. Eight, KD. Could say it's too high, maybe, a little too low. I think it's just about right. Seven, dinging him for his playoffs. Embiid, he won the MVP and everything. He's been an elite player the last couple years, but the playoff stuff, he couldn't be above any of these other guys because of it. And six, Jason Tatum, the Boston Celtics. Flirted with being fifth. Went back and forth on it. He has had some incredible playoff moments. He's a legit super two-way superstar. Um, he has his moments where he doesn't have the killer mentality and such you'd like him to have. And that's why he's not above the top five guys, but he's sixth. All right. 
Once again, I managed to forget the last one before the one before the last. So who was number seven, real quick? Sorry. Oh, Embiid. Embiid. Dinging him a little bit for his playoffs, man. Have to. But he he was just, he was the season MVP, Colby. What do you what do you mean? He's still seventh. That's still pretty good. I mean, he's, he's the MVP. I'm just speaking like the mega like the mega media. He was the MVP though. Um, you know, AD and KD being at eight and nine. That sounds like I honestly it just sounds like for those through nine through seven honestly it just sounds like injuries just really held these dudes back from reaching that top five level huh and age maybe age a little bit in there too because of KD but still elite yeah no absolutely and for Tatum to be at six I feel like he should at least be in the top five but. There's just those moments, man, where he did not show up in the playoffs and they were bad. They were not the prettiest moments. So I I slightly understand the Tatum one, depending on who are these next few above him. All right, next few above him. So no, not too many complaints there. All right, the top five. Here we go. Five, half two for these playoffs. Jimmy Butler. Still, to me, even though he's not the player some of those guys are in the regular season, the multiple crazy playoff runs, especially this one, has to be up here. And then, in my opinion, the top four, there's a gap, though. These four are undisputable. Number four, Luka. Dinging him a little bit for this great year, but not too much. He's still unbelievable player, even though they missed the playoffs. Three, Steph. Still unbelievable. That King series was unbelievable. He was so good. And then the undisputed top two, number two, Giannis. Great player, lost the belt this year, but still just an incredible dominant player. And, of course, number one, the king, the Serbian, Nikola Jokic. Deserves all the smoke. Incredible playoff run, elevates everyone. Best player alive. Offensive, just apex. You can't stop him. Dominating playoff run wins the championship. He's number one. There you have it. The full list. All right. All right. No, obviously, I can't argue with the top three, mostly because respect Steph and Giannis and uh, the obvious work that was put in front of us from Jokic. Jokic. I mean, not Jokic. uh, Luka, though. Luka is where I slightly hesitate having above even a guy like Jimmy Butler right now. Uh, I say... Dare I say, he may be the one that will at this moment be challenging Tatum, even though Tatum does have his flaws. But, wow. man, I just really did not like the, t- the taste that he left in my mouth when they just decided to sit him out. I feel like that's just how the Mavs ended their season. I didn't like it. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's probably why. But if you take that out of the equation, you know, he is still Luka. The Luka magic is very real. All right. So to wrap up this list here, Colby, because like I said, Luca Magic is is real. <clears throat> I'm just I gotta say, I SGA making the all team, maybe, maybe we have to give him the nod. I want to give him the slight nod over some of these guys. I really do when I look over how these lists ends, but the big names do overwhelm, do overwhelm me. And I see why you put him up there, and that's why it probably became challenging. But not being afraid of the big names, I would argue for SGA to move up maybe a couple more spots. 
but it's just so hard to argue with some of these guys. Jaron Jackson, now looking at the final of this list, I'm comparing him to B.I., Spicy P., and Bam. I think I would probably, I'd rather have Jaron Jackson than all of those guys because he's played, I'm pretty sure, the full season. Um, he plays a lot of games. And I, I really appreciate, and Bam does too. Don't get me wrong. Bam played almost all his games too, I'm pretty sure. But Jaron Jackson is the same size as Bam with a better presence. So I'm going to take him over Bam. I wow, wouldn't say Jaron Jackson pretty high. I just, I do respect what he, I have to respect his game. Remember when the Grizzlies did turn to him for multiple times in the Lakers series in the series when they lost to the Warriors, though I granted they lost both those series. And, but when they played against the Wolves, he was the, him and Bane were the real like thorns in the side. Cause I mean, jaw did what jaw would do, but him and Bane were the real ones that everyone pretty much caught off guard that caught everyone off guard. So um, that's just, you know, big man, maybe even some bonus, but it's his first time in the King system. I want to see another year of it for me with Sabonis. But um, <clears throat> leaning more towards your guards list here. Mm-hmm. Tyrese over Jaw. You got Trey over both of them, which I know we've talked about. And I think I agree <laughs> with Trey being over him. And you, had, you officially put Brunson. I like that. Yeah, it's now the argument definitely shifts towards the argument definitely shifts towards whether or not Brunson competes with the name of Fox. And I want to uh, like that's four spots that you have Brunson and Fox split. Yeah. And everything. And I, I think both have a very similar value. I might it might be the New York media talking to me, but. I do value what Brunson did in that year, man. I do. I do think it's amazing what he did. Like he changed the way we thought about the Knicks. You don't even have Julius Randle. You had to put him down as an honorable mention because Brunson really outshined him, you know, and he really changed the way we view the team. So, and same thing with Fox. So I'd, he'd be another one. I'd, I'd sadly, I'd, I'd probably have to at that point. Yeah. Knock Ant, Ant down, but Yeah. They, that that'd be my my sad reality take of the, of anything would be and as much as I love you giving him credit after talking myself to it he would probably be he wouldn't be that 17 spot but he'd be right next to Trey at 19 or 20. Wow okay I like the unbiased there that you think he should be a little lower fair I, I like Ann a lot man I don't know it was I tough to like all those guards it was really tough to rank the guards Thank you. Yeah. And and if we're talking about who's the top of them all, who's funner to watch, um, even though he doesn't dunk, man, it has to be still Luca. And then I think like Luca and Steph are definitely the two that are just takes your breath away when you watch them. So. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. That's my, our current, my current player rankings. We'll update that maybe sometime next year. We'll see. Uh, how that goes but post playoffs that's where i stand can be can't wait to i love the nba man i'm already ready to have it back (laughs) oh when you're sitting in the when you're sitting on the throne we'll see how long we'll see how long when everyone's coming at that's true wolves when those wolves come out 11 and 3 and you guys are sitting there 9 and 5 don't worry don't worry that's when the takes are really going to be spinning but don't but that's a long long time from now because guess what Football season starts before then, so very true. That long, but just putting that in the perspective, you know, football's even fur is still far away. But 
Anywho, NBA still wrapping up now and everything. And most importantly, this is the one that I think is the most, most due. Go okay. ahead. All right. So the NBA tiers off season, we'll finish with this, hit some drafts and final thoughts briefly uh, at the end. We're not going to do a ton of drafts because we're going to do draft show Thursday. All right. So this is my final tiers till the start of next year. Tiers heading into the off season, talking about the directions and everything about all the teams. So it's somewhat mostly still based on where I think they'll finish, but also kind of the themes of their offseason as well. So it's not like completely just standings, even though it's still pretty much stacked that way. Are you ready? Oh, yes, absolutely. All right, lowest tier. Finally different. We're in the post. We know where Wembenyama's going, so new themes. From the studs up, these two teams are in full total rebuilds. Their rosters are pretty barren. One has a few more nice pieces than the other, but it's a long way to go. They're the two worst-run franchises, the two closest to me geographically. Hornets and the Wizards. Shout-out to the Wizards, finally deciding. They have appear to have at least somewhat more competent front office management, realizing it sucks, but you got to tear this down. It's a disaster. We're not going anywhere. They're going to be bad. They'll probably be in the jump running for the worst team in the league, number one pick. And as fun as LaMelo is, Charlotte, we'll see what they do with the number two pick. But it's still a pretty barren team overall. Not a lot of great young pieces besides LaMelo. We'll see what happens with Miles Bridges and how they draft. But tough situation, ownership change. Who knows? Those are the two. Those are the lowest tier from the ground up. A lot of building to do there. Yeah, from the ground up, indeed, Wizards. What is their first round pick anyways? Eighth. Eighth? That's... mm. It's going to, they, they better be, they got a lot of work ahead of them, man. And as for the Hornets, they look, they get lucky. They got the number two, right? So it's, uh, yeah, from the studs up. Um, but I, I, yeah, it's hard to see who else is in that same spot as these guys, to be honest. So, yeah, I had them there because, like I said, it's pretty barren overall. There are a lot of building to do. You ready for the next one? Yeah. All right. Baby steps. These teams were all very bad this year, but. They all have a lot of reasons for optimism going forward and real pieces in their core. I like the young cores overall better than those other teams. That's why they're here. Rockets. I like Shingoon. Jabari Smith, even though he did a bad, rough rookie year, I think it was more because of the way the team played. I still really like him as a talent. Jalen Green, we'll see. Um, they hire Ime Udoka, so I think he's going to have them a little bit more locked in and hopefully teach them how to play a little more correctly because they kind of just pulled with Kevin Porter Jr. and Green. It was kind of weird. They have the fourth pick in a draft that really gets fascinating at four, as we can hit on a bit at the end, but there's the top three and then a drop-off. Who knows where they go there? But still an opportunity to get a really good building block piece. Um, Unlike these other teams, though, they don't have a true number one IC high-level building block player like the Spurs and Pistons. The Spurs obviously are about to have Wembenyama, which elevates them and everything. Um, we'll see their other pieces, Sohan, Jeremy, uh, Devin Vassell, how Kelton Johnson is a nice player, how those guys develop around Wemby and what Wemby looks like. But just having Wemby already bumps him up a tier of baby steps. And the Pistons, Cade Cunningham is going to be back from injury. I'm no way, shape, or form giving up on him. I still think he's an incredible prospect and awesome young player. Another year of experience for Ivy Duran, some of those other young guys. They have the fifth pick, which sucks because they have the worst record, but there's some players who do kind of fit what they need. Um, so they're in, I still think not the worst spot. And with Cade coming back, I expect definitely and Monty Williams coming in a big step for improvement. So baby steps for all these teams, they'll still be bad, but they'll all improve. 
and show you some signs of what's to come down the road. Why? Why are they uh they're missing a team here, Colby? Who? Go ahead and pull up the next. Uh, go ahead and pull up. The next oh, okay. One. I know where they're at. I already know where they're at. Go ahead. All right, this team is always associated above my Pistons for some reason. Well, if it's the team I think you're thinking of, you're going to be pretty upset. All next right, go ahead. Year, Honestly, <laughs> all right. I don't know what these teams are doing, but it's time to be honest. You know who they are. Oh. Portland, Toronto, Chicago. They said the Bulls might re-sign Vucevic. Um, I've I've done enough complaining about the Bulls. I don't want to talk about them, but that's where they are. They should blow it up. We'll see if they do. Toronto, I thought was for sure going to blow it up, but now, but they, Toronto apparently just has way too high of an asking price for all their guys. It's kind of rumors, so they might end up running it back, which would be foolish. I love Siakam, but they should be trying to trade him now while they can get value. Same with Ananobi, and just start over around Scotty. And of course, as you said, the drama king, Dame and Portland. I love these. Now it's like, looks like he's going to stay, but he was like, he wanted them to trade the third pick. And they're saying they don't think they're going to trade the third pick. So are they just going to have Dame with a rebuild? I guess. I mean, that's fine. You still have a, are going to add a really nice piece to go with Shaden Sharp and have Simons. We'll see what happens with him, but you've got now the potential to have two really interesting building blocks with Sharp and whoever you get here. Cause I think Sharp's going to be awesome. They should trade Dame. Just rip the Band-Aid off. It's sad, but you could get some young players and picks for them to really help accelerate and fully extenuate this rebuild. Um, but here they all are, still trudging, hanging and clinging to that middle ground. It's honesty time. Come on. These teams should all be trying to get down to the lower tiers. <laughs> it's honesty time, and I'm very disappointed in honesty time that we're missing a team, and now the team has evaded me for twice. Um, but <laughs> let's be real. All three of these guys, man, there's a reason why they're associated with a team that got the number three pick in the Blazers. Um, I don't know what the Raptors should do in the in like as well going forward if they're going to keep these guys. I agree, maybe they should blow it up again, but it, we'll see what you said. They got the new coach in. You got to you got to see what's going on there. It's gonna be tough, but. And as for the Bulls, same thing. They just went with the old vets, and it just completely didn't work. So I feel like it should be easy for them to rip that Band-Aid off. But I see the reports, too, that there still looks like they're going to be clinging for a minute as well. Um, who knows, though? These guys can go. We've seen the Bulls make a run not too long ago, but at the end of the day, it wasn't enough. You lost the Heat with three minutes left. So come on. You see the, you've seen the, you've seen this team give it all it's got. Um Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. And it was it's honesty time. And honestly, I'm a little upset that we're missing a team here. But, you know, oh, they're, well. they're moving up, it looks like, in the world. Oh, they're moving up, baby. You're going to be even more upset. This is a fun little tier. It's a small tier, but it's fun. The world is your oyster. Oh, whoops. Did not mean to do that. The world is your oyster. Fun little tier here. Just two teams, Brooklyn and the Jazz don't really know what to do with either of these teams, but unlike the teams below them who are have cores that they're clinging to and need to blow it up, they don't really have that problem. They just have a lot of nice assets. They've both got, well, the Nets owe some of their picks to Houston, but they got some extra draft picks in the KD Kyrie trade. So they both have a good bit of draft capital now. The Jazz obviously have a million picks from y'all, the Wolves and the Cavs. Um, they both have one really, really nice player who piece who's 
really elevated since getting on their team in Bridges and Markinen. Uh The Jazz have Walker Kessler, who's another awesome young piece. The roster isn't really ready to compete, but they all both have interesting pieces that they could either keep and try to continue developing building with, or um, probably in the more likely event, flip out for trade pieces if they want to bottom out a little bit. Brooklyn could could go after Dame sneakily. Brooklyn could make some moves and I think easily be very competitive. I don't really know what to make of either of these teams, but unlike the ones below them, it feels like they're in a more positive spot because they have so many nice assets and some extra picks. I agree. Uh, I'm sorry. I agree. But um, yeah, these guys have a much more optimistic look than those guys. When you, especially when you look at the, <clears throat> from the studs up, you know, these guys, yes, they were in the tank mode, but they definitely have pieces that they, you know, when they pulled the cord, it was like, you know, if we get Wemby, we take off, you know, it was almost that type of thing for the jazz, at least with the nets. Uh, come on, Cole. These guys fought so hard. I don't know if they should have. I mean, yes, now. I mean, they, they, it's a respect. They earned some respect. I don't know if they deserve to be this low, but they definitely earned some respect. Remember, you were saying they were going to be a play-in team. They kept that six spot, man. They kept that six spot. They did. And then they got swept. But, yes, they did. Well, I'm, I'm very interested to see what the Nets look like next year because, they, like you said, it's not like the cupboard is bare. So they're in an interesting spot. And who knows, Ben Simmons, maybe he'll play basketball. I doubt it, but what if that happened? So, <laughs> you know, interesting spot. All right, you ready to keep going? Yeah. All right. Here you go, baby. Done rebuilding. Oh, these teams are ahead of schedule. Magic. Well, they're more on schedule. The Pacers and the Thunder. All right. Now, to be clear, Oklahoma City is certainly better than these other two teams. Not disputing that. OKC is by far the best team in the best position out of this group because of SGA, Giddy, and they're getting Chet and their million picks. The Thunder in a great spot, but they I think we both expect them to be in the playoffs next year as all their young guys continue to grow. They have a, a borderline superstar guy already in SGA. Um, all right, my guys, I love them. You know, Paolo and Halliburton. The Magic, once they got Markel Fultz back from injury uh, with the last 25, 30 games or so, they had a winning record. They were fighting till the end of the year for a play-in spot. Paolo is a stud. He's going to take another step forward. Franz will, too. With Markel Fultz out there, it's a legitimate offense. They also have the 6th and 11th picks, so they could try to package those to get something bigger. Or they could, if they draft well, add potentially at least one or two nice rotation pieces to help you improve. There's a lot of assets. Their young guys are getting better. They have legit building blocks. And Indiana comes out. They might try to trade their pick for a capable wing rotation player already because Halliburton is that good. Buddy Heald and Turner were nice last year since they didn't trade him. Uh, ben Matherin, who they picked last year, I expect him to take another step forward. He's a really nice, exciting young player. Um, and Neymar, I believe, or Naismith, I always mess up the other guard's name, but he's a nice young guard as well. They have real pieces and could be – I think all these teams will be certainly all in the play-in and battling for playoff spots i expect at least two of these three in the playoffs but but they're done with the with the bottoming out rebuilding part of it they're now in competing for playoff time as their cores grow and improve hmm. you're just talking about the fact that you have big trust in these teams man to take that next step forward i argue that two of those three teams are going to be 50 maybe arguably 50 50 chances that goes through and i would actually push it probably now down to 
I'm going to say 60-40, 40% chance that they actually live up to that expectation. No. Why? It's just because how their seasons went, man. Yeah, they got guys coming back and they will improve. They're young. But I'm taking the Pacers in consideration in this take, for example. Pacers have been in this spot, I feel like, for a long time. They've been in this, oh, they got a solid core. They got this. It, it feels like they've been done rebuilding. Iterations of it, though. They, they were in a total rebuild. I had them in the Lemonyama tier going into last I feel like I feel like, if anything, they're in the world is your oyster type of deal because they were in the Lemonyama hunt for a while. Okay. And yeah. they got these solid pieces. But I, if we're talking about the hype that you have around the Magic and you're <laughs> comparing it to OKC, I said okay that's what, better they're the best but i know i know i know i don't see i just don't see the same star power matchup compared to the okc and it's more compare it's more comparable to the pacers and i feel like both those guys are world is your oyster but with your argument saying the roster how the magic are in fact a step ahead of the schedule i do recognize that there's a reason why I recognize it, and that Paulo was in the All Star game yeah. days. Uh, he, he's the he's, he was there for a reason. He was there for a reason. I, I like to bring it up because he was there for a reason, and he got you know considerable amount of votes. Uh, was he not? In fact, who was the rookie Man, of the year? He, yeah, almost unanimous. Only like yeah. no, I was about to say. I feel like it's first place. He was a, wasn't even close. A clear telltale sign that they are a step ahead of schedule when you got a rookie of the year. And he did it live up to his expectations. So um it's just for me, it's challenging for you. It's very challenging to see the magic match up to that name OKC. That's why I think both those teams are the world is their oyster. But yeah. I would just knock only the Pacers just because of the fact that the Magic, okay. I would agree, they are a step ahead of the schedule because you can't put them with the Pistons and Rockets. We haven't seen that. Sadly, the Pistons don't have they haven't seen their full crew at full strength. So I can't I can't not bump them up to the world as your oyster yet, and uh, same thing with the Rockets. I wish uh, Jalen Jalen Green will learn to not pull the trigger as much when he shoots the ball. You know, maybe he gets a little control, but also that's what I like about him. So at the same time, hopefully the ball just falls in more. <laughs> that's all I can ask. So, um, yeah, pretty much I agree with the Magic taking a step up. I was just trying to. You explained it pretty well. I, I have to admit that. Yeah, my Pistons, they just don't have that guy that help them argue that their team is ready or that roster is complete, ready for the next step type deal. Okay, it just hasn't played enough for me to say that. Yeah. No, yeah, we'll see what they do. I'm fascinated to see what the Magic do Thursday. It's draft with those multiple early picks. Okay, now we're getting into some better teams. Shake-up needed. These teams shouldn't completely blow it up. They have some real building blocks, real pieces. They're obviously all better and more experienced than these teams below them, and they have higher ceilings. But they got to do something. They can't just run it back with the same teams. The Hawks, your Timberwolves, and the Pelicans. The Pelicans, all the Zion Ingram rumors are out there. Do you bite the Zion bullet already? If you've already given up on it, maybe. If not, I'd look to at least do something else to tweak this roster around him. Minnesota I've and Atlanta, I already said my cat, Murray piece. The Hawks roster is just so weird. It doesn't really make a ton of sense. I wouldn't get rid of Trey Young as many as much as he annoys me with a lot of what he does and his defense and everything. I would still keep him. I would probably try to move Murray out of the two of them. John Collins is, uh, should be on the block, as he always is. 
The Hawks have to shift it up, and so do y'all. The Wolves, you can run it back with the Cat Bear thing, I guess, but I don't see that going super well. Cat's the obvious piece that you can move and probably get a lot for. Even if you move someone else besides Cat, I mean, even if you have to sell Gobert for pennies on the dollar, like, you got to do something. All these teams, I'm not saying completely blow it up. They all have at least one really awesome piece that I like, sometimes cases more, but they got to do something. They can't just run it back. I agree. Um, it's heartbreaking. But like I said earlier, man, the only shakeup needed is as long as they don't change, you know, the main guy, Anthony Edwards, you know, and I think they agree with that. The Hawks agree with that. Only thing that's that for me, though, is the Pelicans. You know, we don't know what they want to what direction, what player they want to choose and go forward with. Um, I'm leaning more towards <sighs> just the way I just, you know. We don't know what Zion is and what it, what's going on, you know, with the whole Pelicans. Because I think also Ingram is also they got to figure out his situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a lot of. I feel like I have more question marks for the Pelicans than I do with the Wolves and Hawks. I feel like those two are very similar. Um, actually, yeah, they were very similar because the same results in the East and West. Except for the Hawks won a game, but it was the Celtics. Um, <laughs> can't wait to see where you have them can't wait to see where you got them but um gonna wait a little bit pelicans though they need the shake up yes i just i understand why they're not in the part of done rebuilding spot it can't be in the world as your oyster they haven't been rebuilding really the last two no. years I just didn't really fit. You can make a case. It's so conditional. They're so conditional, in my opinion. Like if they have Zion, and they got, you know, they can they could be even higher than this. You know, it's just when they don't, and they're they are what they are right now. They're honestly in honesty time. You know, like just with their overall financial whatever their situation they're in right now. Because I don't know how to really put it. You know, it's everyone's really. I mean. Maybe once they keep Zion, then I'll be like, all right, well, he's not going nowhere. This is what they are. And this is why I'm like always, that's why maybe I'm fronting a little bit on them. But yeah, that's how I feel on the Pelicans. It's like their situation's weird for me right now. So I'd have them like an asterisk around them and be like, <laughs> can be can be either shakeup needed or honesty time. No. <laughs> That's fair. They, maybe they should be lower. I would much rather be OKC than any of those teams, for the record. All right. Yeah, I agree. So, another fun category. Big one. Biggest on the board. Chaos and Crossroads. These teams are in chaos in some ways or another, and they're all at a major crossroads. All good, potential to be good, and major questions and decisions to make. The Mavs, the Kyrie thing. You're really going to give them this big contract? What happens there? You don't want to make Luca unhappy, but your roster's depleted. As long as you have Luca, you have a chance, but you got to tweak it around him. Would you rather just say the Kyrie thing failed, let him walk, get some other free agents to try to patch up a team around Luca? That's probably what I'd do, but we'll see if they wind up paying Kyrie. Major crossroads for them. Philly, another playoff choke, another new coach. Harden, the question is he back? They're kind of at a crossroads and in some chaos. The Embiid thing, if this continues to to fail, do you eventually move him? I mean, just all kinds of questions there. Memphis is obviously more in chaos than at a crossroads because I don't think they're going to make a jaw decision unless they just tear it up without him, like I said earlier. But they're just a team that was – last year I had expectations of being right in the championship hunt. I had them very high on these tiers most of the year, 
and they're now just in disarray. The Warriors, Draymond opted out, as we said. You can't run it back with the same team, I don't think. Someone's got to be moved. You still have Steph and Steve Kerr, so you want to try to compete for championships, but you're kind of at a crossroads with what to do with the rest of these guys' teams, particularly the younger guys, and as well as Clay and Draymond. And, of course, the Clippers. I mean, we talked about them with the rankings, but the Kawhi-Paul George thing doesn't look like it's going to work at this point. The injuries are just absurd. You're financially locked into this team. OKC has pretty much all your draft picks. Do you continue to try to win with this thing, or do you say, screw it, let's see if we can get at least something for Paul George, Kawhi, some of these pieces, and just admit this blew up, take our lumps for a while, and try to reboot it? So major crossroads and chaos for all these teams. They've got some upside. They've accomplished more than all the teams below them on this list, which is why they're this high, but major decisions and questions about all of them. Who else should be up there? That's all right. We're at a major crossroads right now as well. After all the news that's been going on, I think the Wolves are also at a crossroads right now. But anyways, that's besides the point. These guys definitely have accomplished more than my team has. Um, They definitely just come with a lot more drama as well. And I think that's why they're at this spot. Um, Man. Actually, yeah, I, I definitely would put the Wolves in the spot because just with the Clippers situation, considering them, the Warriors, honestly, I feel like they're going to figure out their chaos before anyone else. Um, the Mavs are a step above this. Uh, uh, their spot is tough, too, because of what's going on. And with Ky- I don't think they're going to bring back Kyrie, personally. But I also think uh okay. got to keep Luka happy. It's the most important thing, like you said. So can they do that? is the biggest crossroad that I think they have to be at right now. So, yeah, I I feel like uh, these guys definitely a step above my own team and the Hawks and the Pals because they accomplish more, but they also carry a lot more baggage. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, you make a decent case there. I just think because of the upside of all these teams is why they're in here, but they're all – in some bumpy, rickety spots. He's got some upside. You got <laughs> the Hawks got upside, and we were just talking about the upside with the Pelicans. That's, I mean, that's fair. I just don't think they've accomplished what these other teams have. The Hawks, I guess, have, but they're just so weird. We're at the 10 minute mark, by the way. So we're going to have to bustle through the rest of this. Are right, you ready? <laughs> we'll be all right. Okay. One piece away. I don't think these teams, as much as question me about one of them. Are that far. Sacramento is the best of this bunch, I think, even though they went out first round. Sacramento, the Knicks, and the Cavs. The Kings just need, and we'll see how much they improve in year two with Mike Brown and all these guys and Keegan Murray, how big of a leap he can take. They need a wing, but they realistically need a legit piece on the wing. A defender who can also provide some offense at the wing. I don't know who it is. Maybe OG and Anobi. Maybe you shoot for someone a little bigger than that. But you've got to add at least one more player kind of in that real wing spot. And if you do, I think you can legitimately start to think about competing for a championship. The Knicks, you got to have another star. I don't know who it is, but you have Brunson. You've got a ton of assets. You're in a pretty good spot, and you want a playoff series. As much as there are some questions about some of their guys with Randall and everything, I think they are in a much better spot than all those teams below them. And the Cavs, even though they flamed down the playoffs, they still have so much young talent. They've got to – they also like the Kings – Need to get a legit wing player who can play some great defense and provide some shooting scoring on the wing. Don't know who that is either, but I would expect both these teams to be making calls on that. If any of these teams get that pieces, 
those pieces, they could legitimately be hunting for a championship in that conversation next year. Yeah, all these guys are truly one piece away. Um, I just feel like the Knicks, man, they're also at a chaos and crossroads, don't you think? Now with the whole how things went down with Julius Randle, the end of the playoffs, or do you think that they, they'll just patch that up and still be one piece away? I mean, I just say one piece away because, like, I, I think they have so many trade assets and, like, I do think they're not – this isn't their final form. Like, they have more options, I think, and more ways they can go. I also don't think they're in as desperate of a situation as some of the teams below them. Yeah. At least not as dire. So that's your – good with this tier? Oh, yeah, sorry. yeah, that was all I had to say on that. Right. okay. <laughs> Here we are. The last three tiers. Can't count them out. New member of this tier. Changed this just a few hours before the show. I actually dropped the Suns a tier with the Beal trade because of all the reasons we discussed. They were in the tier above this originally. Can't count them out. Heat and the Lakers as well. Um, you can't. I don't. There's major questions. Can the Heat really have another run like this? Will they try to go get Dame or something? Make another big trade for a star because they didn't have enough firepower at the end. The Lakers, you saw how good they can be. Obviously, though, I can't put him any higher because LeBron is 39. He's a year-to-year basis at this point. He already talks some retirement stuff. AD has his injury concerns. And if those guys are banged up and aren't out there, then they've got no shot. We'll see if they're able to keep Reeves and Rui and everything and just run it back if they shift it up. But because of their high-end talent and their playoff history, you can't count any of these teams out. And Phoenix, obviously, with their big three, can't be counted out, even though I didn't love the move. Uh. Yeah, I was about to say, I think even before this move, they should probably be here, Colby, because honestly, I, I don't know how I feel about the Suns, but I guess it's respectable that you put them this high because they do got the talent, especially with this big three, quote unquote, now. Um, but back to the other two teams, the Heat and Lakers, two teams that we were completely wrong about this season. Yeah, um, <laughs> We were completely wrong on the Heat, and we obviously had to give the Lakers the attention that they deserved early when we wanted to poke fingers at them and you were like trying to discard them because they were nothing and i was like hey we still have to talk about them and everything because they are the lakers they will do something if they somehow make the playoffs and they did exactly that so <laughs> we uh we definitely tried to knock out them out as much as we as possible going in the future yeah, no. All right. I'm pretty happy with that tier. I think I did. You can argue about the middle. I think the top and the bottom of this was very good. All right. Last two tiers. Quickly, championship tweaks. Two teams, both in the East. Didn't go super well. But Milwaukee and Boston. Milwaukee already changed the coach. Um, They can't run it completely back, but I'm not doing anything too crazy with these cores because they've both won the conference in recent years and in Milwaukee's case won the title. Milwaukee probably won't be able to get Brooke Lopez back. I think they need a little bit more youth around the sides and with the role players, but I'm probably running it back with Giannis, Drew, and Chris Middleton and just kind of changing some of the role guys around that. And for Boston, they got to change up the guard situation a little bit. I'd love for them to add a true point guard, but I don't think they're going to wind up moving Jalen Brown. I probably wouldn't unless I just got at a crazy trade offer. So I think it's mostly going to be the same core, but they got to make some minor tweaks to, to make up for their playoff shortcomings. Oh, man, the Bucks they they got a lot to figure out, I feel like, um, especially now with the new coach. So that's going to be a lot to figure out. At least I feel like Boston's quiet down on their whole little coaching coaching thing. So I feel like uh, 
yeah, they just got to find it, figure they got to figure it out. Once again, they're in the same spot. <laughs> uh, the Celtics in this case were in the same spot as last season. They got to figure it out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. And okay, and of course, at the top, celebrating, still drunk from the parade, dynasty on the board, the Denver Nuggets. I mean, they got everyone coming back. Maybe they lose Bruce Brown, but who wouldn't want to play with Jokic? They have the best player alive. Murray is a certified playoff killer now. They now have done it. They're going to be the hunted now, but they have a ring. They're on top of the league right now, and their core is all in its prime. Jokic is 28. He's the oldest guy. Oldest guy in the core. Everyone's coming back. There's no reason to think Christian Brown isn't going to take another step and that Michael Porter Jr. couldn't improve. He's still only 24. And you know how great Jokic Murray and Gordon are. Gordon's in the perfect role. It's on the board. I'm not saying it's going to happen. There's obviously a ton of tough competition out there, but they're at the top of the tiers, baby. Dynasty on the board. Not even the best duo you listed out today, and yet number one. They're number one. They have the tr- they no one can say anything. They just wrecked. Yeah, the- I really can't. No, I really can't. <laughs> wrecks the whole league. <laughs> yeah, I really can't. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. I went way too long on this. But there oh, you awesome. Told you this is more of a victory lap episode. <laughs> Great victory lap episode. Love it. Oh, okay. Can we mix our final two segments and just do final thoughts, NBA draft edition, uh, before our draft show Thursday? Uh, I could try. All right, I'll give it my best shot. I don't really. MLB always loves to steal my final thoughts, but with the two minute warning up. We didn't do as much draft stuff as I wanted, but we went, we we had a lot going on. We'll we'll do it. I got a little, I guess I can go ahead for my whole little draft thing. It's going to be the question of the big names that we've heard throughout the college. I have some guys written down. Um, For me, I guess the two that come, I got at the top of my mind, it's going to be Imani Bates and Drew Timmy. You know, I want to see what happened. Those guys fell really far down. They were big names in college. Imani decided to go to Eastern Michigan. And uh, after his leave from Memphis, didn't really go as uh, planned. And uh, Drew Timmy, just the guy that's, you know, Gonzaga's last, you know, he was just the face of Gonzaga basketball for a while. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, where those guys go and how far they actually fall. No, I like that. There'll probably be some late first, early second round buzz. Oh yeah, late. I'm talking late rounds if yeah, they even yeah. get drafted. You know. No, yeah, that's that's a good one. Um, I like that. All right, my final draft thought: the whole buzz. It's obviously three guys in a drop off. What's going to happen after that? Who's the best guy? I've been reading up a lot about those guys because I didn't know too much about them prior to these last couple of weeks. There's the Thompson twins, everyone. So I'll just say my final thought: out of all the the others after the top three, my personal favorite. From everything I've read and seen, Taylor Hendricks, power forward, UCF. He'll probably, he'll certainly go in the top 10. Stretch four, great defensive player, can defend on the perimeter and inside. Athletic, hits a three really well. I think would be great somewhere like a Detroit um, F5 or an Orlando, Indiana at 6-7. I think one of those teams gets him. He's my personal preference, as I would have him as the fourth best guy in the draft. Um and I think as much as it bums out for Detroit, this is kind of a second thought, but I do like some of the positional fits with the best guys that are going to be available when they pick. The best guys that will be on the board do, I think, a lot of them fit pretty well with what they've got. So that's my final draft thought. Hey, man. Yeah. And, dude, it's crazy how fast the NBA goes and everything. And just like this episode, though, we ran, went through quite a lot of stuff. And hopefully, Colby, like always, that was some good stuff. 
Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. Whenever you want more biased takes, go on over to our social media pages, Spotify, or wherever you can probably find a podcast, if we have it up. And if we do, thank you for following us on social media. And then besides that, have a good one, y'all.